Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. Amen. And so that's what we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to talk about freedom and releasing your heart. Amen. Because there's nothing like being free from things that are holding you back so that you can pursue things that God wants you to pursue. So uh, there was a young boy about eight years old some years ago, and he had several health conditions that caused a very unique thing to happen to this heart, his physical heart. And his heart, because of these health conditions, over a period of time, just an eight-year-old boy, there was this very unusual calcification happening to his heart where slowly but surely his heart was turning literally to a heart of stone. And sadly, uh, no matter what the doctors tried to do, they couldn't uh, stop or reverse this condition. And this boy uh, passed on because of it. Uh, And, but they... The physical thing that happened to him spiritually happens to a lot of people. They get a hard heart. Not this heart, but the other heart we were talking about, the Bible heart. Let's just say the Bible heart. So let's talk hearts. The Bible has a lot to say about our heart, and most of the time it's not referring to the beating heart in our chest. It's talking about the inner you. It's talking about the seat of your emotions. It's talking about the part of you, the spiritual part of you that responds to God or rejects God. Amen. So people love with their heart and hate with their heart. The heart can grow bitter and the heart can be peaceful. Our heart can experience extreme fear or it can also be rejuvenated by courage. Amen. And you know what courage is? It's not the absence of fear. It's rather that fear, it's fear that said its prayers and that trusts in Jesus. That's what real courage is. So our heart is the part of us that reaches out to God. Amen. Hebrews 10, 22, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings. So our heart is who we truly are, and the heart is the real you and the real me. Amen. I mean, we can put kind of um, a front up and, um, you know, people can fool people, but, you know, your heart is, you know, after a while, uh, you spend enough time with somebody, you know who they are, and it's their heart. Uh, Because the heart is the person behind the persona. It's the character behind, like, the charisma. It's the face behind the facade, the person behind the mask, the substance and not the image, the reality and not just the reputation. And it's the value behind the validation. And, you know, we can look all the way back to Adam and Eve. And they, because they fell, they, they, their sinful nature that happened to them, they passed it down to their children and their children's children 
And we are all related to Adam and Eve, everybody, right? I mean, if you start the human race with two people, Adam and Eve are our great, 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 comes our way and starts talking to us and God starts tugging on our heartstrings when we realize things and and we can make some decisions to reverse that situation and, and move toward God. So this means that our hearts were, they were born bound. They were born tied up by this sinful nature and left to our own devices without any kind of direction or teaching or uh, inspiration from God. Uh, that heart will go against God. That heart will choose the wrong things and will go against Him and His Word and will we'll live the way we want to live. The Bible said there's a way that seems right to a man, but the way, uh, is, the way is the end. Uh, of It goes, leads to death. And all we like sheep have gone astray. We've gone our own way. But God laid on Him the iniquity of us all. It's because of our hearts that Jesus came so that we could have a not a hard heart anymore we could have a soft heart we could have a heart after god you know jeremiah 17 9 says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it you know i mean it's hard enough for me to know somebody else's heart uh and i i can't say that i do but sometimes when we think oh well, i know my heart inside and out i got this thing down to a science you, you'd be surprised because you might know you might know your heart when the birds are chirping and the sun is shining and you feel good and you're on vacation and nobody's sick in the house everything's going good but let a little pressure come your way and let a little heat come your way and let a little uh, stress come your way and let a little fear and let the people do you wrong or something and uh, you never know what comes out of you and that's who we really are Jesus let us know what the heart of people were capable of in Matthew 15, 19. He said, for out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, and blasphemies. So that's, that's some serious things. You know, our calendars and, you know, the history of, the, the, of mankind by the, the years and the centuries and millennia, they're, they're divided B.C., A.D., right? And what's B.C.? Before Christ. And what's A.D.? After, after death? That's what everybody says. That's not, that's not correct, but, you know, that's a good try. <laughs> you know, that's um, because here's the thing. When you think about that, if it's before Christ and it's after death, then what happens? What about that 33 and a half years? Are you just throwing those years away between his birth and his death? So A.D. is Latin, and it is it stands for uh, Anno Domini or Domini, depending on uh, where you're from, and that means the year of our Lord. So basically, B.C. is before Christ. A.D. is when he showed up. So it just starts it right on. Amen. So now our hearts, I've, I've, I've uh, you know, said, you know, just kind of uh, 
jokingly, you know, that, uh, you know, in my BC days, you know, in my before Christ days, you know, I wasn't, uh, my heart was, you know, a bad heart. It had some rough times and this and that. And our hearts BC before Christ, they are in rough shape. We need God. You know, our hearts before the Lord transforms them are hearts of stone, according to the book of Ezekiel, and hearts given over to the things of this world, according to 1 John, and, and hearts that devise wicked plans, according to Proverbs, and hearts that are bitter, according to Jeremiah, and hearts that are hardened, according to Apostle Paul. So sin binds our hearts. Sin is the cause of a shackled and overburdened heart that is limited, that can't really break out and do what it needs to do, what it was created to do. Sin, if it's not uh, you know, uh, checked, if it's not dealt with, it brings forth more sin. It just keeps piling up. Sin piles on top of sin, and each one of those things become a heavy burden that ties us down and keeps us from excelling. Sin restricts us, sin imprisons us, and sin confines us, it entangles us. But the good news is Jesus came to set us free. And he said he can set us free from anything. I don't care where your heart is, I don't care what's going on in your life, he can set you free from anything. Amen. John 8.32, and Jesus said, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Verse 36, Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Amen. And that's important. We're going to talk about that a little bit right here. See, He didn't just set us free. He set us free to make us free so that we could be free indeed. Amen. So just for instance, just kind of as an example, if somebody is behind bars and someone unlocks it and sets them free, opens the door, and then, you know, they step out of the, of the door, they got to keep walking the opposite direction. If they walk back in there, they, they were set free, but they weren't made. They didn't allow themselves to be made free. You got to walk out, you, you know, when, when our heart is set free, he wants us to be free. Amen. He made us free so we could be free indeed. That's up to us. Amen. He, he didn't just come to set us free. There is a difference. He set us free so we could live free. Amen. Galatians 5.1, so Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again. Amen. You know, the, there's scripture in the Bible that talks about um, a dog returning to his vomit and a pig after it's been washed, like you get it all like squeaky clean here, piggy, piggy. And you're, you know, just, you know, you know, I don't care if you, you know, put a bow on that pig or whatever and, you know, and just clean those teeth with some crest white strips or I don't know what. And that pig is just, just shiny, nice and pink and all that. And then all of a sudden, as soon as you let that pig go and he sees that big old waller patch over there, that mud patch, you know, 100 miles an hour. The pig that was clean goes back to wallowing in the mire. And so those are examples that Peter 
used in his epistles about, see, once we're set free, once we're cleansed, we can't go back. We don't want to, you know, we don't want to let go of the plow. Once he set us free, we want to keep going forward. And he, he's going to, you know, his freedom that he gives us will help us release our hearts. So Jesus breaks the bonds of sin. He wants our hearts to be released and freed from the heavy weight and restrictive nature of sin so we can live uh, our life like he intended us to live it. So freedom is nearer than people think. It's just, you know, one step away. It's Jesus has, is our, has our freedom. Amen. Right before Jesus died on the cross, he said these words, it is finished. And another way of saying that is the debt is paid in full. He paid the debt of sin. Amen. So that we could die out to our old sins. He could wash away our sins and fill us with his spirit. And then we can walk in newness of life and that we don't have to you know, be, uh, you know, enslaved to sin anymore. It doesn't have that power over us anymore because his power is greater. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. So what Jesus accomplished by dying on the cross made redemption available to all of us. And what is redemption? It's the act of releasing someone from bondage to deliver, to save, and to liberate. So the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, it brought God's wonderful redemption to the world who desperately needed it. So redemption really is freedom. Redemption is freedom. And while we were still sinners, Christ died for us because he loved us. He wanted us to be able to release our hearts from that bondage. When we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. You know, we have redemption through His blood. We're justified by His blood. We have peace through the blood of His cross. And who we were once afar off, but now we've been brought near by the blood of Jesus. We were baptized into His death. Some of you recently, you know, we had four baptisms recently. And that's good. And we need to keep those coming. Amen. I, I, I want to keep that. We, we, it'd be great to see that baptismal lit up every service. Thursdays and Sundays. Oh, another baptism, another baptism. Amen. And so we're baptized into his death. You know, so we uh, we die and we get buried. We're buried with him in baptism. And that's, that's what we would do. He, he actually did it, and we spiritually do it uh, by repenting and get baptized. So we live no longer for ourselves, but we live for the one who died for us. So freedom from the bondage of sin it's only available through Jesus. I, I, you know, uh, I know there's a lot of good things in this world where this world and, and people try to help other people with programs and this and that and therapies and all. And, and a lot of that's great and uh, I, I, that's awesome. But you know what? The only one that can truly free your heart from sin is Jesus Christ. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Nobody else can do it. So the process, so the freedom is near and the process is a process of freedom. God delivered the Israelites from the Egyptian bondage. You remember the story, you know, the Israelites are in Egypt, the whole, you know, Moses and the Ten Commandments and the Ten Plagues and all that stuff. God delivered them from Egyptian bondage by three powerful elements. The blood of a spotless lamb, 
had to be applied to the doorposts and down the lentils. That was on that last plague of the death angel because otherwise the uh, oldest uh, male child in every house was going to die. And that blood, when, the spirit, when, that, when that death angel saw the blood, he passed over. And that's where you get Passover from, that Jewish uh, holiday of Passover. The, they, the angel passed over. And when he sees the blood on our lives, Passover. Amen. So that was number one. That was the first element of their bondage, uh, coming out of bondage. The second one, they had to walk through the Red Sea. God parted the Red Sea, and they walked through dry ground. And that was uh, the second thing. And then the, the third thing was they had to follow that heavenly fire that hovered over them once they got into the wilderness. So that blood over the posts, that Red Sea, and that heavenly fire, you know, that was a fire at night and a pillar of cloud by day. And the same three things are required for us to have redemption, for us to be set free. Uh, but let's just read about that, uh, about what set them free. 1 Corinthians 10.1 Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. So see, that was all figurative and all uh, metaphoric of what we need to do today in the church. So these three elements, the blood, the water, and the spirit, we need them too to, for our freedom of our heart. 1 John 5, 8, and there are three that bear witness on earth, the spirit, the water, and the blood, and these three agree in one. We need all three of these things to be set free, the spirit, the water, and the blood. They're essential from the fr for the freedom of the bondage of sin. And these three elements are found in the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is the saving message for the church for this hour and for the foreseeable future until he comes back for us. Amen. And that message is the gospel of death, burial, and resurrection. So the blood was the first thing, and the blood represents repentance. Amen. The blood was shed at the altar. The animals were brought and the blood was shed at the altar, and then the blood was then mixed with the water when the priests would wash off their hands in the, in the laver uh, that was full of water. And so repentance is, uh, the, is the blood coming, starting in our lives. Mark 1.15, repent and believe the gospel. Repentance is uh, something that is closely related to uh, something that we need with repentance, and that is faith. Repentance and faith are two sides of the same coin. In repentance, we're turning away from sins, and in faith, we're turning toward God. Amen. And repentance is an act of faith. I'm not going to repent unless I, have, I, I believe there's a God and that He died for me. Amen. And, and so repentance is not only asking God to forgive us for our sins, but it's also a change of mind, a change of heart and direction. And repentance is dying out to our old self and our old ways. That's the first step. That's the blood. And then the water, water baptism. When Jesus died on the cross, remember, uh, before they came, they came to take his body down, but they wanted to make sure he was dead. The Roman soldier took his spear and pierced him in the side. And the Bible said in uh, John 19.34, something interesting came out of his side. One of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, 
and immediately blood and water. Everybody say blood and water. So blood and water came out. Now, that's not coincidence. That's not an accident. There's always a reason for the Bible saying something. Remember, the water was mixed with the blood and the labor in the Old Testament, and the blood and the water came out showing us that once we repent of our sins, amen, the blood's applied to our lives, and then we come and we wash away those sins in the watery grave of water baptism. Amen. The blood of Jesus comes in that watery grave. You don't see it. You, you might come up and say, well, still look, I went down clear and it, it still looks clear. Oh, no, you don't know a lot of stuff's going on behind the scenes. I mean, you don't know right now. If God opened our eyes, we would see angels in this place right now. Amen. I believe it. Praise God. Amen. That would, that would make our night, wouldn't it? There could be an angel just sitting on top of that uh, organ speaker, just kind of kicking up his feet, you know, just kind of watching out, making sure no one's going to come in here and mess up our service. Amen. And I pray, God, let angels be here in this building and on this property when we're not here, watching over it, and especially when we are here. Amen. Praise God. So Romans 6, 4 said, Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death. And that's why we have to have the water and the blood. Jesus said in John 3, 5 that we must be born again of water and spirit if we want to enter into the kingdom of God. He also said in Mark 16, 16, he that believes and is baptized shall be saved. So that's important. That's why we put a very high importance on water baptism. Amen. Repentance, water baptism, and the Holy Ghost baptism. So biblical baptism was always done, uh, amen, by complete immersion in underwater in the name of Jesus. Always. You will never find, you, I, I challenge you to try to find somewhere in the Bible where somebody was baptized in any other way, but by immersion in Jesus' name. Amen? So, and then uh, lastly, the third thing was the Spirit, the blood, the water, and the Spirit. And that spirit baptism. Before Jesus left this earth, after rising from the dead, he told his followers to go wait in Jerusalem until they be endued, until they, be, they receive, uh, amen, that power uh, from on high, that promise of the Father, the Spirit of God. And so they did that. They waited. They went to that upper room. And for seven to ten days, they were praying they were singing songs. They were, who knows what they were doing? They were worshiping. And then finally, the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, the, the Spirit was poured out and the church began. The church was born right then. Amen. And the followers of Jesus were there and they all began to speak in tongues as the Spirit enabled them and gave them the ability. Amen. And it was a powerful thing. And after pre Peter preached that message, amen. Uh, that the, the church that was there, uh, they, uh, I mean, the people that were there, along with the 120 uh, believers of Jesus, uh, P Peter preached that first sermon, and they were all convicted in their hearts, many of them, and they said, what should we do? How do we get what you have? How do we see, we see you have some power. We see you have a connection with heaven. We have a connection with Jesus. How do we get that? And then Peter said unto them, Acts 2.38, then Peter said unto them, repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. This is the gospel. 
Death, burial, resurrection. Death, repentance. Burial, baptism. Resurrection, Holy Ghost. Amen. And this gospel, this plan, this, this uh, blood, water, and spirit is not just for a chosen few. It's not just for someone, you know, that has a, has a, uh, a name or has, has or, you know, high society, whatever. It's for whosoever will, anybody and everybody. And if you're a breathing human being, you can have it. Amen. Praise God. It's not just for the select few. Amen. It's for anybody that desires it. Amen. But you know what? You're not going to get anything from God if you don't desire it. You got to desire it. You got to go after it. Amen. You got to want it. Amen. Jesus said in the, in the Sermon on the Mount, in the Beatitudes, in Matthew chapter 5, he said, They that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. Amen. They that hunger and thirst. So if I'm not hungry for righteousness, you know, I'm not going to seek after to be filled with righteousness. If I've, if I've just eaten, you know, if I've just been to hometown buffet and I took like 50 trips to the buffet and then I leave and then, you know, half hour later, you know, somebody comes in and says, hey, I just made your favorite food. Uh, no, thanks. I'm going to take a nap. I, I, I'm not even hungry. So you, not for your favorite food? No, because you're not going to want something if you're not hungry, even something that you usually would. Amen. we got to hunger for it. we got to thirst for it. Amen. Praise God. So Acts 2.39 said, For the promise, that promise of, you know, repentance, baptism, and Holy Ghost is unto you, your children, all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. So when we obey the gospel of Jesus Christ, We'll receive the freedom we so desperately desire so that we can live a wonderful, a powerful, a purposeful, and an overcoming life in Him. Amen? Praise God. Romans 8, 2 said, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Praise God. So I get that Spirit in my life. I, I do what He asked me to do. Amen. And I'm made free. My heart's free. Freedom is possible and change is possible through obedience to what God has commanded us in His Word. So can God change you? You better believe He can. Amen. Can God? God can. Amen. So, to, so take those two words, can God, with a question mark, and switch them around. God can with an exclamation point. Amen. He can. If I have faith, he can if I obey. He can if I am submissive and I yield. He can. He can. And then my final scripture tonight, Ezekiel 36. We talked about that heart of stone. Amen. Verse 26. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. Amen. Praise God. You see, we got to have a heart of flesh because God stopped writing on stone thousands of years ago. He's no longer writing on stone tablets like he did with Moses on the Ten Commandments. Amen. The Bible said he's not writing on stony hearts 
He's writing on the fleshly tables of our heart. Amen. Because we are letters. We are epistles known and read of all men. When we come to God and our life is transformed, we be, our, the light comes on us because He is the light and His light shines and His light and His, His influence comes through us and it affects all those around us and people read us like a book. They read us like a, like a billboard, like a letter and you can't, you can't have anybody reading us if we're a hard-hearted person. We've got to have that, that heart transplant and that fleshy heart that He'll give us after we're born again. Amen. Praise God. What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast and may God bless you.